You've got the drive to create things. You're a writer, a photographer, a musician, a maker. You're ready to make things happen. But chasing creative isn't always easy. Your time and energy go to your work, your family, and your life. Is it really possible to make space for the creative in your everyday? Here at the Chasing Creative Podcast, we believe you can. We're talking to everyday creatives who have insights and action steps you can take today to make your creative plans happen. I'm Ashley Brooks, a freelance writer and editor at Brooks Editorial and work-at-home mom who would love to devote more time to creative writing and journaling. And I'm Abigail Krebs, the writer and photographer behind Inkwells and Images. I'm living my creative life nights and weekends after I get home from my full-time job at an ad agency. And you're listening to the Chasing Creative Podcast. Welcome to episode 12 of the Chasing Creative Podcast. Today, we are chatting with Jenny Moradis. She is the blogger behind Little Girl Designs, where she writes about simple crafts and the creative life. She lives in the Pacific Northwest with her husband and daughter and will never pass up the opportunity to go on a walk or take a mini creative retreat, especially if there is a coffee and chocolate stop along the way. And we are completely on board with that here at Chasing Creative. So welcome to the podcast, Jenny. (laughs) Yeah, We are super excited to talk to you. Thank you for having me. So tell us a little bit about how about life so far, I guess, and how you got to where you are and running a blog and, I mean, doing all of these little creative projects. Yeah, well, my story starts a long time ago um, when I was a little girl. I grew up in Southern California, oldest of three girls, and my parents were both teachers, so I know that had a lot to do with how we were raised. So we were definitely the ones who went on educational um, vacations as a family. (laughs) But um, part of that was we were encouraged to make things that we wanted and we read a lot and to just kind of explore our world around us. And so that was just a very normal thing for us growing up. And so I had art club with my sisters and made my room into the library and Um, We would do little drama skits. It sounds very um, Louisa May Alcott (laughs) now that I say that. I was just thinking that. I'm like, oh, it's like little women. It's like little women (laughs) all of a sudden. But it kind of was. That was just kind of our little life, you know. And so um, from a very young age, I was making little crafts and making things for my dolls and uh, loved to write. Um, And a big part of my life when I was little was music. So I played the piano. And by the time I was in high school, I was writing music and playing the guitar and really thought that was the creative path I was going to go on. And so I went to college to a music school and thought, (laughs) kind of chickened out at that point and decided to take the quote unquote safe route and study journalism. So I would be working in the music industry and around all of that, but doing maybe public relations or whatever. So that was kind of my path. That's what I thought I was going to do. And I graduated and the industry was kind of tanking and I went home instead of um, going that route and got a job at a little engineering firm. And ironically, that ended up being what I where I worked for years I worked at different engineering firms all over the U.S. actually and during that time 
just crafted and did crafting shows and blogs. I think everyone's had, a, you know, side blogs. And so I did that um, for a long time. And um, several years ago, moved to L.A. And I, I kind of consider my move to L.A. my creative renaissance because that's where I just started exploring a lot of mediums from art journaling to I'm just doing a lot more writing, knitting, and mixed media painting and all that type of stuff. And it was just a really fun time. And I met my husband there and got married. And then a few years ago, we moved up here to Oregon and had our daughter shortly after moving here, a little less than a year. And um, last year, we were just kind of chatting about, hey, what should, you know, you're doing all these creative projects. Maybe you should, you know do this blog thing a little more seriously because I was blogging, but it was very, very sporadic. (laughs) And um, so I thought, you know what, let's do this. So we started Little Girl Designs and it's, it's been a really fun creative outlet. I've loved it. It's so it's just been this kind of fun thing that I do on the side, definitely full-time mom. So it's just trying to squeeze this in here and there, (laughs) but it's been a fun thing. And so that's, that's my story in a nutshell. <laughs> wow, that is quite a journey that you've been on <laughs> when you think that you were working at engineering firms and I know, right? now you're <laughs> blogging and you do all these crafts and like that's just crazy to think about. But then I think about it and I almost majored in biochemical engineering oh, <laughs> instead of English. Wow. So I guess we've all got our little Whoa. <laughs> Yeah, I know. They're very different. <laughs> That is, I want to hear that story sometime. Yeah, it's not much of a story. I woke up one day and was like, why would I want to do that? (laughs) (laughs) It's like, I like to read. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, so. Not do math. Yeah, I I can do math if I try really hard, but it doesn't come naturally to me, that's for sure. So, um, so now you tackle so many DIY projects on your blog. Like you've got all these adorable crafts and like all these really fun things that I would love to do, except I'm not gifted in that sort of creativity <laughs> at all. Like the crafty kind of stuff is not my thing. Like I'm, I could glue my fingers together and just, I'm really terrible at that. So where do you get all of your ideas for all of those crafts? And like, especially when we're inundated by so much of that on Pinterest, like, do you get a lot of those mm-hmm. ideas from Pinterest or do you kind of like stay away from that and things just come to you on your own and you get inspiration probably from being around your daughter like where does that come from for you oh it comes from so many places um with my daughter definitely with children's books um that was kind of a surprise source of inspiration in the last couple of years of as I'm reading to her I'll be thinking oh that's such a good way to tell the story or oh that's a good idea with the art you know I'll want to sketch it it's like okay let me finish this real quick but um so that's one place um Definitely, there's some magazines like Flow Magazine, which is a kind of paper craft magazine that just brims with inspiration. I love that. And um, it's kind of funny because back in the day before Pinterest, I used to keep art journals where I would clip things out of magazines I saw or I'd, you know, see things online and print it, you know, and cut it out (laughs) and glue it. So it's like my own Pinterest. So I actually have a lot of old art books or art journals that are like that, that I just flip through sometimes just to, oh yeah, that was a project I was going to do and I never did. There's a lot of those. (laughs) 
so yeah, it kind of, you know, and sometimes I'll be on a walk and just think, oh, you know what? I had bought, you know, this felt for whatever project. I should use that for something and I'll just start thinking about it. So, um, yeah, it comes from a lot of different places. As for Pinterest, I kind of use it for inspiration, but not really. I usually use it more for a business side of kind of getting the word out there about the projects I'm doing. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's actually when I opened a Pinterest account, I didn't even have one (laughs) before. (laughs) So I've just been learning it this year and, oh, okay, you know, but, um, so I think Pinterest is kind of this ironic thing for me. And I think a lot of people where, um, yeah, you go there for inspiration or maybe, to get you know the instructions to do a project and it becomes this vortex and you end up just scrolling forever and you don't end up doing we any project exactly what you're talking about <laughs> I just I feel like yes. it's so funny because it just zaps all of my energy I, Instagram does the same thing where I'm just oh my goodness I'm very tired now yeah. <laughs> I don't want to make anything I just need to sleep you know so mm-hmm. I try not to go to those specifically for inspiration if that makes sense because mm-hmm. it's usually not a good <laughs> good idea for me yeah I think it's wise to look at Pinterest as a tool but not necessarily yeah. like your only source of ideas and inspiration because I feel like I spent my first like two years on Pinterest I think I've been on there for two years at least I think I spent that whole time like getting sucked into the vortex (laughs) and (laughs) now I've gone through that for long enough that I'm like okay now I'm over it and I can just use it for work and not get totally sucked in anymore but it was it took me a long time to get out of that it was like a black hole (laughs) yeah it's so tempting yeah you had one thing and It is. And I think, like you said, you got a little bit desensitized and now you can approach it as just another website. Mm -hmm. But for a long time, like that is what Twitter was for me. Like you get on Twitter and oh my goodness, there's three hours. Like what on earth happened in real life in that time? (laughs) (laughs) And no one who's outside of this world will even believe it. It's it's just Twitter, right? (laughs) You're like, no, there's people. Mm -hmm. I was chatting. (laughs) Kind of. (laughs) Yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, So I know you've mentioned that creativity is just kind of this thing that you have always done and it's something that's always been in the background. What inspired you to really make it what your blog is focused on? Was there like a moment where you're like, yes, I'm going to do this or did it just kind of gradually evolve? Well, we kind of started out with Yeah, definitely having it be about creativity. Although originally my thought was more of, oh, I'll share projects I'm working on and I'll have an Etsy shop and it'll just be kind of like, here's my process and then here's the finished product type of thing. And that happened for maybe half of a month. (laughs) (laughs) I realized that's not going to work to be able to have products coming out that fast and just yeah, it just didn't work. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, it's just kind of evolved from there. I get, I started getting emails of people asking things like, oh, how do you make time for creativity? And I I never have time. And, you know, the Pinterest question of, oh, I've pinned all these things, but I never make them help me, you know? (laughs) And so, (laughs) and so I started, you know, oh, well, you know, this is what I do and started writing that type of you know, post about little creative ideas. And um, yeah, so that's just kind of how I 
fell into it. And I just, I love talking about creativity. I think it's so varied and broad. And I, I think it's just such an interesting thing to think about how so many people, I think all of us are creative, but just how many, how many ways people express it so differently is really interesting to me. Like my sisters will say they're not creative, but if you saw their gardens, you're, you would just gasp. They're amazing. And I can't even <laughs> grow a succulent. You know, I'm just like, please don't die. You know? So it's interesting to me how varied it is. And yeah, I can just kind of talk about it forever. So I thought, Hey, why not? Yeah, I always love seeing how creativity comes out in different ways in different people. And we've talked about before on the show where like we feel like to call yourself a creative, you have to be this specific type of person, like an artist or like the person who sits and writes at the coffee shop all day or something. But that is Mm -hmm. like totally not true. Like Mm -hmm. creativity comes out in all shapes and forms. And it's always a good reminder to have that that like if you aren't feeling particularly creative, like you're probably being creative in some way or another and you're just not realizing it. So true. And I think I struggled. Well, not, I think I know I struggled a bit with my own creative path because I wasn't making money from it Mm. for a while. And so it felt like it wasn't legitimate. Mm -hmm. And I had a lot of friends who, oh my goodness, who were super creative and doing shows and they're selling stuff or they're graphic designers. My husband's a graphic designer. And so he gets paid (laughs) really well to be creative. And I'm like, wow, I, I sold $10 $10 worth of onesies. Yay. You know, <laughs> so that was kind of part of the journey to realizing that that has nothing to do with it. You know, you're mm-hmm. creative and if you make money from it, that's great, but that doesn't legitimize it, you know? So that is such a good point. Cause I know a lot of times you wonder, you take a step back and wonder like, as is all this that I'm doing even worth it if I'm not like benefiting financially or if my family isn't benefiting financially? I think it's really important to recognize that sometimes we just need to be creative and not for any, Mm -hmm. I guess, higher purpose other than being creative, which I think is purpose enough on its own. Exactly. I actually have these moments still, you know, where I'll think, what am I doing? And one time I was just kind of, I like to journal a lot. So I was just kind of journaling and thinking about, you know, is this worth it? You know, I'm putting all this effort into this. And then I just started laughing because I thought, well, what else am I going to do? You know, <laughs> sit and watch TV and eat potato chips. Like, I mean, this is, it's like, well, you know, this is my life. I love doing this. I love being creative and making things. So that will be my life, you know, and it doesn't have to be this you know, you make a hundred K a year and now you're real or whatever. So. Yeah. And that money discussion is so interesting too, because I know a lot of people, um, who are in not so much for writers, I guess, cause we don't have that much of a cost to writing, but people who are working with like paint and actual art mm-hmm. supplies, like that stuff that costs quite a bit of money, it adds up pretty quickly. Um, mm-hmm. I know that that can be a hindrance for people where it's like, well, I have this thing that I want to make, but I can't justify spending any more money on it. And, um, and I know you just released an, um, I don't know what you're calling it, like an audio series, um, yeah. that money is, uh, one of the topics you were talking about, like how yeah. to afford your creative habits. So that's really <laughs> such an important conversation to have too. <laughs> yeah. Cause I think we box ourselves in sometimes with, you mentioned painting for instance, and I really enjoy painting too. And you're right. It can get expensive, but I've had to tell myself, 
well, you can paint on anything. You really can. I mean, you have an old guitar case. If you really want to be a painter, paint on it, you know. <laughs> uh, there's this painter online who I was reading some of her posts, and she said, just paint on um, cardboard. Use house paint. Just paint if you really want to do it. And I thought, oh, isn't that interesting? Because we think, oh, I need to go to the craft store and I have to have mm -hmm. canvas. I need special brushes. I need this, this, this. And we're not actually even doing the thing. You know, it's just if you need to make something, just do it. You know, mm -hmm. so that's what I was trying to express with this little series on my blog of just you know, just not make it so difficult for ourselves. Yes, definitely. As you're progressing and getting better, you'll want to want to have, you know, better supplies and stuff. Mm -hmm. But you really people make beautiful things with sketching with a pencil and paper, you know, mm -hmm. and they don't that doesn't cost very much. So <laughs> yeah. that's a really good point. I know as a writer, and I'm sure Ashley can attest to this as well, a lot of times we sit around <laughs> and we talk about how hard writing is and how it's just <laughs> like I don't have the right space or I don't have, you know, <laughs> the right amount of time or I didn't get my favorite latte or like all of those kind of things. We want like the <laughs> the experience or I guess the the conditions to be perfect and most of the mm -hmm. time they aren't and I think once we recognize that and once we just commit to doing whatever it is whether it is writing or painting or drawing or you know taking pictures I think if you recognize like this is the time I have and I just want to do it then <clears throat> it makes it a lot easier to just decide to create mm -hmm. So true, so true. Yeah, I always think of, um, there's a line actually in the movie, um, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. <laughs> and um, Matthew McConaughey at the end of the movie has the line, you can write anywhere. And that's mm. like, I mean, I love that movie. I watch it all the time. But that line's really stuck with me because whenever I feel like, oh, like I can't write today, like it's not raining out and I want it to be raining or something like <laughs> it's like don't be whiny like you can write exactly. anywhere and that holds true mm -hmm. for the vast majority of creative activities I mean unless you're doing something really specific like pottery where you do need um, a particular workspace like you can be creative anywhere you don't need those perfect circumstances or the perfect yes. time slot or yes. a billion dollars true. so <laughs> exactly Although be, be helpful nice, but yes but <laughs> Yeah, the billion would be nice, but... Yeah. So, oh. so Jenny, where do you find your own motivation to be creative when you spend so much of your time on your blog dreaming up really awesome ways to encourage other people to be creative? Yeah, it's definitely a balancing act. Um, last year when I started this particular blog, it, it was kind of full bore ahead of, okay, I've got to have three posts a week and I'm you know going to do two craft posts and one creative, you know, and I was just very, I'm going to do this. And that worked for a few months. And then I started realizing, wow, everything I'm making right now is for the blog. And it started making me nervous because I feel like the things that people don't see really inform what I'm putting out in the world. So I'm a big believer of having kind of secret projects and not to be ooh, woo woo or weird about <laughs> it, but just, <laughs> but just 
I don't think you need to share every single thing you write, mm-hmm. every single thing you make. It's just not a need for that, but it does inform it. So yeah, I might be just painting or hand lettering here and not showing anyone, but that might slip into a craft or something. So yeah, I definitely started noticing that last year and started making more of an effort to to work on my own projects and to pull back a little bit from the blog so it wasn't just this this is what I do on every spare second I have and I just felt like it wasn't being um, authentic on my part if I was going to be encouraging women to be creative in their spare time and you can explore all this stuff and I'm just kind of not doing it either (laughs) but you know so I thought oh wow I need to practice what I preach here so yeah it's definitely a balancing act though and so I try to make sure that I'm not just doing one or the other. That is a really good point. I often, and again, it feels like, you know, wasting time to work on a project that you're not going to share on your blog or share on your Instagram feed or pin to Pinterest. Um, And I just think it's important to really step back and recognize that sometimes you just need to do something just to do something and not share it with the world. So I really like Mm -hmm. that you encourage that in yourself. And then also, I mean, your, your readers and your, your blog readers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think in this Instagram type of world, we think we have to share everything. And it's, it's interesting because if you went back, you know, 30, 50 years, and you think about the artists, you know, back in the day, it's just interesting to think how much they had kind of to themselves before they went and showed friends or family. And, um, it's yeah, it's <laughs> that's probably not a very deep way of saying no, it. But it's, but it's definitely it's interesting. interesting. Yeah, and that's something I struggled with for a long time too with blogging because I started my blog kind of like you said, Jenny, where you're like, I'm gonna post three times a week and I will not miss a day. And <laughs> you know, and at the time I was blogging about grammar, which nobody wanted to read about anyway, so it didn't even matter for me. I would but have read that, Ashley. It really started. <laughs> It was, Yay, grammar. it was not good. There was nothing, nothing fun about it. I mean, there's only so many punctuation marks. I would have run out of stuff to write about. <laughs> but there was a point where it felt like blogging was really taking away from the other creative stuff that I could have been doing. And um, I actually made a note in my journal the other day that I came across um, that I'd written down a couple months ago that was like, you know, blogging is all well and good and this is a time for it for me. But if I ever want to write a book, which right now, I don't like I don't have an idea for one so that's fine but if I ever want to I'm going to have to stop blogging because otherwise I won't have time to write a book it would take forever and having that realization was kind of like okay so like there's different seasons of creativity and sometimes there might be a time where I'm working on something and I'm being creative but you don't have to share everything that you're working on along the way and I actually caught myself thinking like, well, that would be such an unproductive year if I spent a year writing a book. And it's like, that would not be an unproductive (laughs) year. That would be a year where you come out of it with a book just because you didn't blog for a year. Really? Like this is your mindset. Isn't that interesting? Because we, we like to see results Mm -hmm. or something, you know, and just hear you write a whole book and I don't know. That's that's okay, I guess. It's strange how we measure our productivity standards these days. And I, I mean, I get stuck in the same rut. Like 
Um, and not necessarily even like reactions to things like how many likes did I get on Instagram? I don't know that I've struggled with that a ton, but it's mostly like, Oh, how many things did I check off my do list, my to-do list today? Or, you know, what did I accomplish this week? And if at the end of the day, you're like, Oh, well, I didn't really accomplish anything. Well, you know, you still made it through a full day. You were still human for 24 hours. I mean, I think that's a pretty big accomplishment. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) You're still alive. Yeah. Yeah. So you're doing a lot of really awesome things on your blog to encourage other creatives. And one of those is a Mm -hmm. challenge you run called 2030 Make. Um, Mm -hmm. So tell us a little bit about what that is and what first gave you the idea to start a creativity challenge like that, that anybody can tackle no matter what stage they're at. Yeah, um, that was that kind of stemmed from my own experience of what I call procrastinating joy (laughs) of I love to make things and yet I would put it off. And my mom and I have talked about this. This has been an ongoing conversation with us because she's super, super creative and we'll, you know, have something that we want to make and be thinking about it. But instead you do the laundry or you do the dishes, things that yes, they need to be done, but why is it so important that I'm organizing my sock drawer and I can't write for 15 minutes, right? Yep. <laughs> so it's like, I have to have this organized now, you know? It just feels kind of like homework when you're a kid. I need to have my desk meet mom, mm-hmm. you know, before I can do my homework. <laughs> but um, so I just started really thinking about that. And last May, I, I kind of made this little challenge for myself before I kind of put it out in the world. So I in this particular um, circumstance, I had bought a little bucket of air dry clay and I'd seen all these things all over the place of air dry clay, this and that. And I thought, Oh, that'd be so fun. I should do something. And so I wanted to make some beads, but that bucket just sat, it literally sat on my counter for, I don't know, three weeks a month or something. (laughs) And every day I'd see it and, Oh, I need to make those. I should make those. Oh, no, it'll take too long. And so, um, it finally came down to I got really <laughs> sick of seeing the bucket every day. <laughs> and I thought, you know, what? I'm just going to set the alarm on the microwave for 20 minutes. I'm going to sit down and make some beads and just do this, you know, and it's, it sounds so funny. <laughs> but Hey, yes. whatever works, right? <laughs> so I set the alarm, I sit down, you know, doing my little rolling. I'm really good at that because Play-Doh now with my daughter. Mm-hmm. So I'm rolling all these little balls and poking a hole in them. And since it's air dry clay, once you're at that point, you just have to let it dry overnight. And I looked at the clock and only five minutes had gone by. <laughs> And I thought, what? <laughs> I've been procrastinating this for weeks because I thought it would take so long and it'd be such a mess. And it took me five minutes. And so I started thinking, wow, how many other little projects that I'd like to do, like my daughter's, you know, the infamous first year <laughs> baby book that <laughs> Phil, you have to do. Yes. But it's like, oh. <laughs> I, had made, I had made that into such a thing in my head that I, I just couldn't even do it because it had to be so perfect and I was like you know what I'm just gonna do this thing who cares slap some pictures in (laughs) but um yeah so I just did that during May and I thought wow I wonder how many other people kind of struggle with this just kind of the breaking into the creative um space and kind of like what you're talking about with writing just sit down and start and then you're going you know and so 
I decided to make this little challenge and I wanted it to be pretty open-ended in terms of not just specifically about art journaling or something that I really know how to do because I felt, well, I can give a lot of prompts for art journaling, but if someone's quilting, (laughs) I... I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. You know, you're on your own. How to help you there. So I just, yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's like, wow, that's amazing. Good for you. (laughs) So I thought, okay, I'll just do this little, little challenge of 20 minutes a day for 30 days. And I am really bad at thinking of hashtags. So (laughs) I just thought of 2030 make and, um, put it out in the world and so many people resonated with it. It was really interesting. I didn't think a lot of people would sign up for it, but it's still going strong and people sign up for it every day. So it's been really interesting. The varied amount of people who do it. I've had high schoolers, I've had retirees, ladies who are, um, who have illnesses. So they're, they're kind of stuck in bed for right now. Um, moms, it's just really interesting, just 20 minutes a day, pretty much anyone can do it. And because you're deciding what you're going to do, it, it allows you to um, choose your goals and be successful. So it's been a really fun challenge. That sounds like it. And what a great way to just jump into something for, like you said, just 20 minutes or maybe even five if your beads only take you five. Um, but, and I, yeah, and I, I've always read, and I want to say, I'm going to get this wrong, but like 28 days is the amount of days you need to create a new habit. Is that, does that sound right? Familiar at all? I know there's maybe a number of days. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like I need to Google this now. So let's go with 28. <laughs> it maybe is 30. I'm not really sure. Um, but that, that is like the number of days it takes you to instill a new habit into your life. So if you do 20 minutes of creative projects for 30 days, you're basically like going to be doing it forever because it's a habit now. Yeah. And it's amazing what you can accomplish. Believe me. (laughs) It's like baby book done. (laughs) Yeah. I definitely need to take the challenge to get Hadley's baby book done because I have three half finished baby books that I kept like starting over on because I was like, no, that last one was not good. I should start over. And I'm like, none of them are finished. I've documented like the first three months of her life three times and not the rest of it. (laughs) Granted, I haven't done my wedding album yet, but you know, I was going to say, I still have a wedding album sitting there ready to be finished and we will celebrate our 10th wedding anniversary this year. So it's kind of (laughs) sad. But it's it's one of those things I'm like, oh, well, I'm going to need some space to lay it all out and make decisions. And then the cat's going to walk on it and it's not going to be oh, any true. good. So for 10 years now, that's what I've told myself. Yeah, <laughs> we we have the disc of wedding photos that need to be edited. And it's just because it's so many. I just can't even look at it. It's like, yes. Whoa. Yeah, that is kind of an overwhelming oh. project. But hey, you know, 20 minutes a day. 20 minutes. You would chip away at that. <laughs> Maybe we need like a little like subcategory, like 2030 make procrastinators or something. Exactly. (laughs) Wedding edition. Yeah. Various scrapbooks. (laughs) Yeah. I just, I really like that this challenge is like, it's so motivating, but it's flexible enough 
that, like you said, it fits so many different people in so many different stages of life or no matter what creative project it is that they need to work on, they feel like this is an approachable way for them to get into that. So I would be interested to hear because there's so many different types of people doing this. Have people come back to you and told you about any projects that they've finished that have been like kind of your favorite projects you've heard about? Yeah, there is um, one person named, I believe her name is Alice. And she blogs at Blossom Heart Quilts, speaking of quilting. <laughs> and she did, she actually did 2030 make um, and a lot. It was interesting on a side note that initially there was this whole group of quilters that were, was doing it because they were trying to, um, you know, just push forward their own practice. So I thought, wow, that's so, so interesting. I never <laughs> would have gone there. But she decided to use it to write a book and of her patterns. And um, she found that it just helped her to be consistent. And that sitting down for 20 minutes got her going. And some days that's all she wrote and worked on it. And then other days it got her just going and she went longer. And by the end, she ended up self-publishing her little book. And I was like, yay, that's so oh, awesome. That's, awesome. <laughs> that's what it's all about. <laughs> yeah. So that was really cool. But, and then there's been, you know, varied other people, you know, who have just, oh, I finally finished this project that's been hanging over my head. So, <laughs> but yeah, definitely it, it was cool hearing her story. Yeah, that's a really inspiring story to just hear like, and you know, sometimes like even just breaking into that space, like some days you might go longer than 20 minutes, which is awesome. Yeah. So you live by the idea that you don't need a ton of time to make creativity <laughs> happen, which is kind of evident in the 2030 make challenge. Mm -hmm. um, so when did that philosophy first come about for you? Like, have you always felt like no matter what, there's time to be creative? Or did you go through a really time crunched part of life where you were like, I need to, I need to be creative and I don't have time. And you sort of came to that realization. Yeah, it definitely came when my daughter was born. Um, <laughs> I had this very naive, and you guys can just laugh for a while, but I had a very naive idea of I will finally be home, not working full time, and I will have so much time now. Yay, I could have all this time, and I'll just have this sweet little baby, and I'll just have so much time to do my creative projects and yeah not not so much I don't think you're the only one who's fallen <laughs> under that illusion I had no, all so these not thoughts fair. too I was gonna say I don't have children yet so. and I still believe this is gonna happen so don't ruin it for me <laughs> okay it's the dream but yeah I really thought that and so that first um well, the first year, and then I think even the first couple of years, I just started um, changing the way I approached creativity. I, I wasn't really going about, like, I am going to change how I do things. Um, I just found that when she was really tiny, all I had real energy to do was maybe to sketch or to make something pretty small. And at that point... Um, it was kind of interesting because I, I didn't consider that being creative because I wasn't doing these projects that had a real beginning and end. And so I was kind of writing it off. And it wasn't until later looking back that I thought, wait a second, don't write that off. <laughs> That's real. That's legitimate, you know. But um, so I kind of had to redefine, okay, what is creativity? Is it having a project like knitting a scarf, you get the yarn, you knit the scarf, you're done. Or is it just taking a couple moments to do a sketch? Is it writing a little bit? Does it have to have a beginning and end? And so I just started thinking a lot more about that. And um, 
that it was actually okay to work at, on things little by little. And um, it was very, very important that I would give myself a lot of grace rather than I have to finish this. You know, I really love finishing things. So <laughs> that's a good thing and a bad thing because there's very a lot of times in my day where I'll get going and, oh, nap time's over. Okay, take a deep breath. <laughs> get back into this, you know. And so, um, and I love her to death. <laughs> but we have a lot of fun. But it's definitely interesting how I've had to learn how to focus quickly and then be able to pull out from what I'm doing quickly, which actually has been good in one way because it used to be I would just you know, sit down and have all evening to work on stuff and I would get things done, but it would take me a lot longer. And so it's had this interesting effect of I get a lot more done now because I'm very focused of, okay, during nap, I'm doing this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm doing this alone, (laughs) you know? And so that's kind of had this uh, a good benefit, but definitely my sweet little girl, (laughs) she taught me. Yeah, I had kind of a similar experience when I had Hadley because I, um, not necessarily with creativity, I suppose, but well, kind of for creativity because I write as part of my job. Like I write blog posts mm-hmm. for companies for content marketing and it's not like the most creative form of writing, but it's still writing. And mm-hmm. it used to take me like all day to write one article because it would take me like, I wouldn't feel like I had the voice down right or I'd need to do more research or I'd just check into Twitter really quick. And now I can write (laughs) one article like during a nap time, like no problem. (laughs) It's like my efficiency just went like through the roof because it was like, nope, this is your chance. Like, I don't care if you don't think you have the voice, you have it. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, it's go time. Yeah. So in that way, it's actually been kind of a nice little productivity boost. I guess you could look at it that way. (laughs) (laughs) So one of the ways that you make the most of your time is by doing creative retreats, which you are kind of internet famous for. You've written a book about them. um, You talk about them on your blog. So for those people who might not know, tell us a little bit about what a creative retreat is. Well, I kind of redefined a retreat by saying it's any amount of time you set aside to pursue your creative passions. So for that, that could be knitting in the car on your lunch break. It could be getting up on Saturday morning and going to the library and working on some projects. Um, It's just you being specific and focusing in on this is my creative time and I'm going to do this now. So I actually have little tiny mini retreats. I'm a big fan of the mini retreat because it's doable. (laughs) And I feel like if you, if, if I think, Oh, I can only do this. If it's a four plus hour retreat, then I'm probably not going to do it. And if it's this big thing, but if I say, Oh, I'll, I'll just do this for 20 minutes or I'll do this on for two hours on Saturday, I'll just get up earlier than everyone it's a lot easier for me to actually follow through. And um, yeah, I just, I find that it's such a joy to actually do that. So um, it's worth it for me. (laughs) And um, yeah, one of the things I do that's just a little tiny, tiny break that I recommend when people are just kind of getting into it is something as simple as when my daughter goes down for her nap. And again, you don't have to be a mom to do this, but, she she lays down and I go 
make myself a cup of tea. I go in my room, turn on the lamp, and I just read for a couple minutes. And it's just kind of a decompressing time. And it's not any, it's not anything fancy. It doesn't cost me any money. I didn't have to go anywhere, but it's just this, okay, now I'll go and face the world, you know? And I think that's really important for us to take that personal time for ourselves. And especially as you're trying to um, pursue creativity in your life that you have to make time for it, you know, it'll never grow. So um, yeah, that's kind of how I define the creative retreat. I <laughs> love that idea because so often I think, oh, if I just had a full long weekend to spend on this one project, I'd get it done. When really right. I would find like 18 other things to do because I would procrastinate at that point. So, so having true. like a tiny so mini, true. like two hour retreat on a Saturday morning sounds like you said, very doable. You don't have to pack a bag. You don't have to fly anywhere. You don't have to spend any money. I think that is an amazing tip that people can take away from this. Yeah. Cause I think it's nice to have a mountaintop experience here and there. I think those are, you know, the creative retreats that are out there that you can buy, you know, and go to that's I'm, I've never been on one, but they sound amazing. But I feel like where real growth happens is when you're consistent. So if you do something, you know, a couple of times a month, you're going to see yourself growing a lot more than, oh, I go once a year and I just live <laughs> off the fumes <laughs> for yes, the rest for of the, the other, year. You know, you know, that was my moment, days. you know. <laughs> Exactly. So just think how much more encouraged you would feel and, you know, seeing yourself growing. Oh, wow. I, you know, I've written so much or I've knit so much or whatever it is you love to do. Um, you'd really see those things push forward if you were actually consistent in them. So that's what this is all about. Yeah. And I love that you've redefined what a creative retreat is because <laughs> I'd heard of them before, kind of like you said, the mountaintop experience, or I've had mm -hmm. friends who have gotten together and like rented <clears throat> cabins in the woods for a week right. um, to go away and do some writing. But in some respects, like those are great things. I'm not knocking that at all. But in some respects for me, like I think I might even be more productive in those smaller chunks of time because like if you put me in the woods for a week, for one thing, I'm not going to want to stay inside. Yep. I'm going to want to go right. out. Um, but for another, like, I feel like towards the end of the week, my creative energy would sort of be petering out. Like I would have mm. done so much creation that I needed to get onto the other side of the cycle where I'm like, okay, now I need to just sit down and read a book. Like I've been writing too much yeah. and it's not sustainable. So in that sense, I think that the mini retreats that you talk about are actually like a really good sustainable way for anybody to keep their creativity going without burning out or without feeling overwhelmed or hitting a roadblock or anything like that, because you get breaks. Mm -hmm. it's, it's so true. And like you're kind of saying about running out of energy, we kind of forget how much our lives really do inform our creativity and that mm -hmm. we see things or we're out on a walk or we're you know, talking to someone and we get ideas, but just sitting down and saying, okay, I am working on this project for the next 10 hours. It's, it's really hard. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so it's kind of good to go in spurts and to come, go back into the world and then come back out and to let that inform our, our creative practice. So would you have, you've already mentioned a couple, I suppose, but do you have any other tips for creatives who have never done a creative retreat and aren't sure if it's like the right thing for them or something that they could yeah. get started in? Sure. I, um, I like to make it super easy. <laughs> so to, if you're just starting out, 
and you have no idea where to start, even if you don't even know what you would want to do, I would suggest to write down um, maybe five to 10 things that you really love to do that fill you up, that make you happy. Um, they could be as simple as going on a walk or reading a book. Um, you don't have to be, I don't think you really need to um, be creating at a creative retreat. You could also be learning. So um, you can just, you know, write a bunch of things down that you like to do and then just pulling one of those things out. Um, I talk about this on 2030 make two of just choose <laughs> one thing. <laughs> you don't have to do them all. <laughs> I'm famous for this having like 30 things to do. I'll be back in a couple hours. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, Oh wow. But um, so just choose one. And then, um, then I really, suggest that you would make an actual date with yourself. So, okay, I'm going to do this Friday morning and put it on your calendar, set an alarm, do whatever you need to do. Um, if it's something like you, if you look on your calendar and realize the only place is you have to get up earlier and that is not something you like doing, then I'm a huge fan of rewarding yourself, <laughs> making yourself a special breakfast that's waiting for you, or just something that will get you out up, out of bed or you know, get you out of the house or whatever it is you need to do. And then just finally, I, I feel like we sometimes make these things too difficult. So make it as easy of a win as possible for yourself. Um, realizing that it's this, the whole point is a pause from your busyness of your life, you know, that this, this is to refresh you, not to stress you out. So if your creative retreat is this burden, of, oh man, I got to take my creative retreat now. Then you kind of, kind of miss the whole point, you know? Yes. So make it easy, making it easy win. And seriously, sometimes all we need is just to get away with a cup of coffee and a good book. And we come back ready to face the day, you know, and it's, wow, I feel so much better, you know? So yeah, definitely make it easy for yourself is my advice. <laughs> well, that is really, really great advice. Jenny, thank you for sharing that. I think <laughs> just making anything easier in yourself, whether it's your creativity or whether it's, um, you know, making dinner every evening to just give yourself more time to focus on the things that you want to focus on and not the things that, like you said, are a burden. Like your creativity should not be a burden to you. Right. <laughs> um, I just think those are all great tips for people who are actually still living real lives. And we've talked before about how we love to listen to podcasts, but a lot of the times they're all these people who are so famous and they have assistants and they have makeup artists and we're just not there yet. So any kind of like practical little tiny tips are amazing for those of us who, you know, are still on, you know, everyday person budgets. Yeah. I love that your tips are also down to earth and I love that you, you include reading along with your creative time because Abby and I are both huge readers and, um, it's like sometimes I feel even guilty almost that like, oh, I want to read, but I should be journaling or something like that. And it's like, no, reading totally counts too. So um, on the topic of reading, we always do a mini book club before we um, wind down our episodes. And so we would love to hear about some of the books, like you can really talk about any books you want to talk about, anything you've been reading, any all-time favorites, books that really encouraged your own creativity, mm -hmm. whatever you want to go for. Sure. <laughs> this was really hard. <laughs> this is a very hard question. Um, 
I walked out into the living room the other day and just looked at all of our billions of books and thought, it's like picking a favorite child. I can't do this. <laughs> but, um, but there's definitely a couple that um, stood out. And one is a f- actually a fairly recent book called The Crossroads of Shit and Must. I believe her name's El Luna is the artist. And she taught, she had written an essay online and this book is that essay with artwork intermixed into it. And so she's talking about how um, we need to find our voice and rather than living in the world of shoulds of I should do this, everyone wants me to do this, we need to find what our must is and to follow that and to find what our creative spark is. And so I thought, wow, this is this is one of those books that's really popular. That's actually good. I mean, it sounds terrible, but a lot of times I, <laughs> I avoid those books. Everyone's <laughs> reading it. I'm like, Oh, I'm not reading it. <laughs> but this one was really, really good. And it's a super easy read. Um, it's all handwritten. And so I like that part of it too. And I particularly zoned in on the part where even though she, her story is that she left her corporate job and became an artist full time. And again, usually that type of book, I just start shaking my head because that's not realistic for a lot of us. (laughs) It's like, good, I'm glad for you. (laughs) But, um, but then she does address uh, the fact that a lot of us have bills to pay, we can't do that. And so she talks about keeping um, that balance of having a job, but a job that doesn't suck you dry so you do you're still able to create and um so she had a really positive take on that and I really appreciated that so we don't have to have that pervading (laughs) you have to leave everything to be an artist or you're not a real one you know so that was good that's a good one and um another one I like is uh, I like pretty much anything Carrie Smith does she's another illustrator And she wrote a book called How to Be an Explorer of Your World. And I had been following her blog for a long time and saw that book when it came out. And it was so funny because it's one of those things that I opened up and I thought, oh, this is going to be so fun. I'm going to do all these little projects. And I just started laughing because it was like going back to my childhood because my mom was the type of mom, we'd go on walks, we'd gather leaves, we'd take them home, we make art projects out of them. And that's what she's telling you to do. <laughs> and I was just like, Oh, this is exactly my mom wrote this book, you know. <laughs> but it's, it's also such a fun book, because it you don't have to have any sort of um, creative, artsy type of background to do it. And I think it's kind of a fun exploratory book. And so it just has you, you know, being, well, what it says, an explorer of your world, you know, everything from finding paper and doing little observations. And um, she even has you like finding little drops of water and finding, you know, images out of those and stuff. It's, It's really clever. And it's a fun little book. I definitely recommend it for all ages, like my little nieces, and we look at it and talk about it. And oh, we should let's go do one of these things, you know, and so it's Mm -hmm. a lot of fun. And yeah, I was gonna say that sounds like it would be a really fun book for you to even go through like with your daughter when Hadley's maybe a little bit older, Mm -hmm. if you're like, what do I do with her today? Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they're super creative. It's a fun one. Um, Another book 
that had a big impact on me many years ago. I actually haven't opened it recently, so I was flipping through it the other day, and um, it was by Sabrina Ward Harrison, and she's another artist. She wrote this book called Spilling Open, and she's written a lot of books, but this particular one was her art journals from when she was, I believe she was 21 or 23 when it was published, and just a really honest look of an artist's life and just a lot of poems and it really was kind of an aha moment when I got this book because I had been doing what she was doing with just like the sketching and pasting and little bits of pictures and poems and stuff in my journals for a long time I just didn't know anyone else did so because it's not something you go to school for (laughs) or maybe you do but (laughs) but um so Mm -hmm. I was just wow this is amazing I love her stuff back in you know when I got this years and years ago so I like I really like her and let's see another one is Um, definitely for things like for my blog is thinking outside the gift box. And that one is written by Lauren Lanker. She's a blogger that actually reached out to me last year, shortly after I started my blog and had the sweetest email and was like, Oh my goodness, we're, we're twins and (laughs) we think the same. And and I was like, what? I went to hers and she's been blogging for a while. has a, has a, has, tons and tons of gift ideas and she her whole purpose and point is um creating really meaningful gifts um whether or not you have a huge budget so oh I love she does that. things like a, yeah oh you'd love her site her she's um the thinkingcloset.com and uh, she does a lot of things like a gift a day and writing songs for people. She's she's definitely your go-to girl for punny Halloween costumes. She has a ton. That's amazing. <laughs> she's just... Oh, she's, I love those. Uh, yeah. like, those Halloween costumes are my favorite, she's especially awesome. now that I'm having kids and I'm like, I can dress you as whatever I want because you're too young to get an opinion. <laughs> you can't exactly. protest yet. Exactly. <laughs> yep. That's great. So no, I... Last couple years have convinced like both sides of my family to just stop exchanging Christmas gifts because it turned into like, oh, here's a DVD I think you'll like, or here's a gift card. And that's just not fun. It's not enjoyable. So meaningful gifts is right up my alley. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny because something as simple as one of the things she suggests is writing out 10 things I love about you or I like about you. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's it sounds so simple but when you sit down and really start thinking it's like oh okay you know and it's such a thoughtful gift most people don't do that type of thing and I think it's a really neat gift to give to a child too um obviously little kids will probably appreciate a real gift (laughs) thanks mom (laughs) but I think when I when I look back at the gifts from my childhood the things that I've kept are all the letters my mom wrote me and she she was a really she still is a really great letter writer and that was so meaningful to that the fact that she sat down and thought you know I, you know, you're at school today and I thought I'd write you this little note and it's like oh my goodness mom that's so sweet you know looking back and um so yeah I'm I'm all about the meaningful gifts so Lauren Linker's awesome <laughs> and um and then I also mentioned I have a huge love for children's books. So, 
anything by Melissa Sweet, who's a, another great illustrator. She has a lot of fun books like Little Red Riding Hood, which is about a little mm. red pencil who goes on a, a writing adventure. It's pretty, am- okay. it's very, it's very amusing. <laughs> it reminds me of um, Harold and the Purple Crayon, yeah. which is one of our favorites to read Hadley right now. Oh, um, okay. Cause it's just like, it's just more imaginative than some of the books that you see a lot of the time. So yeah, I will definitely be looking into those for her. Yeah. You'll like that one. And my daughter really loves, um, I think his last name is Stag William Stag, um, his book, Amos and Boris, which is about the unlikely friendship between a little mouse and a whale. And it's such a great book. He, now I'm curious about the logistics yeah, of the mouse well, and the, the whale ma- Yeah, the mouse together. had gone to sea because he always wanted to go be a sailor. And <laughs> so that's, that's adorable. adorable. <laughs> and I believe he, yeah, I think he wrote for the New Yorker for years. So he has a really great mm-hmm. writing style and it's very ironic and amusing. So the the parents <laughs> enjoy the books as well. <laughs> That's <laughs> always a plus now that we're getting to the point where it's like she's requesting books yes. and you don't get Uh-oh. to pick what you want. Oh, no. this one again. Are you sure? <laughs> Why don't we try this one? I know one? what she brings. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Hide Cinderella. Hide it. <laughs> Those are some really fantastic book recommendations. Like I'm especially interested in the crossroads of should and must now because I've heard of it. But um, like you, I kind of tend to stay away from some of the more popular books that seems like everybody's reading Mm. because I'm I don't know. I'm a little skeptical of them, (laughs) I guess. Um, But that sounds like it would be right up my alley right now for where I'm kind of taking standing my own personal ground right now on going against all the shoulds yeah. and feeling okay about it so yeah. that might help bolster yeah. me there and I know <laughs> Kayla Hollitz who we had on the podcast a few episodes ago was chatting about that book the crosswords of should and must on her Instagram handle the other day okay. so it's coming recommended from oh, several okay. good sources Oh, cool. Yeah, it's a good book. And it's an easy read, so it's not something that you have to sit down and, oh, wow, all right. <laughs> this is going to take yeah. a while to digest. It's just... Not war and peace. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She makes it definitely... And she she's starting from square one. If you're a person who's just, I don't even know what I want to do type of thing. And so if you're coming at it of, oh, I'm already a writer, I'm already this, it's just kind of a confirmation of, yeah, this is the right path for me. And it's okay. You know, it doesn't have to have this huge, like we talked about before, it doesn't have to have this huge monetary reward. The creativity in itself is the reward, you know, so Mm -hmm. it's a good book. It's awesome. Well, have you been reading anything good lately, Abby, that you'd like to share about? Oh, goodness. I um, just got back from a weekend away, and weekends away are kind of like book binges for me. I love to read in the car. (laughs) I'm so glad that I can read in the car. I feel so bad for people who can't. Um, But so Mm -hmm. I read three books in four days. (laughs) Wow. That's That's impressive. Um, I will say I finished... Oh, gosh. Now I can't even remember what book it was that I finished. What did I finish? Oh, I I read a book called Euphoria. So E-U-P-H-O-R-I-A. And it was really interesting. It was um, given to me by a friend, and it was about anthropologists in 1930s New Guinea. And it it was fascinating. I won't say a good book, because I didn't like the ending, but 
I may stand alone on this. Um, otherwise, <laughs> I read, I've been on a fiction kick lately, and I read The Girl with All the Gifts, and it's by a comic book writer, actually, but it is a full novel, and it's kind of that post-apocalyptic, dystopian world genre that everyone's ranting and raving about right now, but it was amazing. <laughs> like, I picked it up at 8 o'clock in the morning, read for hours, and then we went and did a whole bunch of activities, and then I came back and finished the book that evening. Like, that's how engaging it was, so... Wow. If wow. you if you like a good dystopian... Is it going to be part of a series? I don't think so, but I don't have, okay. like, confirmation on that. I'm just asking, because usually... Yeah, usually they're series. Dystopians tend to be... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I, I, don't, I don't think so. I think it could stand alone. It, it Like, it ended very well. So, I recommend that one if you like that genre. It's an exemplary, like, specimen of its genre. How about that? Cool. Cool. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Ashley? Awesome. Um, I'm reading the same books that I was reading the last time we chatted because I because I tend to read two or three books at the same time. Um, I can't always get through them in a week, <laughs> which is how often we record yeah. <laughs> new episodes. So I am reading the exact same things I was reading at the end of episode 11, <laughs> um, which is three nonfiction books, um, A Prayer Journal by Flannery O'Connor, Out of Sorts by Sarah Bessie, which I'm getting close to finishing um, and has been pretty good so far, and um, Overwhelmed by Bridget Schulte, and that one I'm still plodding slowly along <laughs> with. It's, it's a good book, but it's written in a very journalistic style, so it does take some time to get through. I need to take frequent breaks. I usually can't even read a full oh, chapter wow. in one sitting. So, wow. yeah, it's good, but I've been reading it for like three months. So, oh, wow. yeah. <laughs> I know I started Big Magic this last weekend, and I'm just kind of making myself take that one slow. Like I'm reading a chapter and I'm mm -hmm. setting it down, and that's very unusual for me. So <laughs> I'm trying to like digest this one. Yeah, that's that book good. does take some time to like fully absorb it. Yeah. So that's fair okay. enough. Okay. <laughs> Jenny, this All has right. been a lovely chat. Thank you for sharing so many great books with us. I just added like a bunch more to my reading list and I'm trying to figure out a way that I can justify. <laughs> Me too. I'm writing it. <laughs> I know. I'm trying to figure out a way I can justify buying children's books with no children. So if you have any tips on that, I'll take that. Oh, actually. <laughs> It's so funny. I wrote, I bought so many before my daughter, before I was even married because mm -hmm. I love children's books. Mm -hmm. So now I have the problem of, wait, that's mommy's book. I mean, oh, yeah, don't okay, I guess you it. can Come read on. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't hurt it. <laughs> that's oh, that's pretty funny. <laughs> that is great. It's well, sad. <laughs> do you want to tell our listeners where they can find you around on the web before you go? We'll link to everything in the show notes too, but we like to mention it here in case people are, you know, on the road or whatever. Sure. want to be able to know where to find you. Sure. My, I blog, and you can find me mostly on my blog at littlegirldesigns.com. Everybody should go and sign up for the 2030 Make Challenge and check out all the awesome things that Jenny has going on over there. So thanks again for chatting with us tonight, Jenny. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Chasing Creative Podcast. If you like what you heard in this episode, be sure to stop by ChasingCreative.com to check out the show notes, catch up on past episodes, and subscribe to the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love it if you'd leave us a review on iTunes. You can also join in the creative conversation by tweeting to us at Abigail E. Creeps 
by using the hashtag ChasingCreative on Twitter and Instagram. If there's a guest you'd love to hear from on the podcast, or if you have any feedback for us, drop us a line at ChasingCreativePodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Until next week, go chase your creative.